Good to see you. Bam, we're live. Good to see you. It's it's been a minute since you've been on one of the shows with Greg. Yeah, it's been a uh, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, you're 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 working class. I I am. Yeah, you're yeah, total right. you're total working class. Yes. Look who decided to join us, Greg, Mister Souza. How is everybody? Oh, awesome! Fantastic. Ready for Thanksgiving? Oh, we got a. Uh, yeah, I am. We got a little bit of an audio. Hmm. Oh, let me go with the uh, buds. I'll be right back. Okay, cool. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. That'll be that's a little like echoey and like, um, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> like a lot of background noise. Something. Yeah. Something. Or or like he was too far away from the mic or something. Buenos dias. Good up. What's up, Burby dude? Uh, Asymmetric gears. Hey, Ernie. Hey, Chris. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, all y'all. Ernie's in a foreign land, right? Is he? Real Kevin, I think so. Mm. Hey, dude, there's a there's a new Leah Thomas. Oh, you like that idea? So a ten to twelve minute format. Oh, I was thinking about starting every other day. Mm -hmm. uh, with the same with the same thing. Did you see that website? The 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 what's it called? The quarter quarter. I saw the screenshot, but I haven't gone and actually looked at the actual website, which I need to do. Oh, because you need a new layout, right? Yeah, it's kind of this is this is the guy's um this is the guy's layout right here. But sometimes but oh wait, but sometimes he's in that center square. Oh wait, let's see. Does he oh not not on that? Let me see if I can find it. One where he's on that center. Like that. Okay. And then what do we have down the side? Just like just advertising. Yeah, just ads and, and whatever, just stuff. Maybe stuff advertising the Sevon podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Sponsors. Sponsors. People who give money. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, that's a little bit better. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Or a lot. Uh, it's a little bit better. I'd say we're half we're halfway there. For some reason, it's it's kind of like echoey, like you're far away from your thing. But it's not bad. Not echoey is too strong of a word. Tinny, maybe. All right. Hey, there's a new Leah Thomas. Did you see that? We got another dude who's entered the NCAA uh, women's uh, swim world and just just dominating now. Just an, an, another one. Is this the guy that set the NC two A uh, record? So some he had, he had three he had three records. Yeah, yeah three. He has already he's already he already has three women's records. I mean, and he's clearly a dude. What was what's? It's just crazy how it's happening everywhere. I was looking at this one. Um, uh, female. Look, look at this just happened too. Um, female a female for the female pool player championships. Hey Caleb, what's up, dude? Uh, female pool player Lynn uh, pinches forfeits final against trans opponent. So they they put a dude in her. But check out this one. This one's wild. They had a lady who was gonna fight in the Golden Gloves finals. And they didn't tell her she was going against a dude. <laughs> so she pulled out an hour before the fight. They were going to have her fight a guy without fucking telling her. This is like some uh, gladiator shit. Kate, 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 
Katisha Katia uh, Bizonet stated there was no information, not even specifying that it was someone who was born male. It's like everything was normalized. Female boxer withdraws from championship over transgender opponent. Not transgender. It was a dude. <laughs> How many daughters do you have, Greg? Uh, five. Damn. Caleb, hi. What's up, dude? Hey, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't have a, um, you wouldn't have a guy fight a girl either without telling them. You know what I mean? You wouldn't bring a girl in and, and have a guy fight a girl either. Wouldn't you be bummed if they put a girl in and you beat her up and they didn't tell you? That would <laughs> suck. <laughs> Hey Greg, when when that was going down with CrossFit, you did you want? I thought I remember you saying you kind of wanted to see it happen so you could take it to the Supreme Court and see how the decision with CrossFit was that. Uh, or no? no, I was no, it wasn't it wasn't my issue, but I was willing to go there. I mean, I what I didn't want to do is be held to a standard that other sports weren't. Right, recognizing the whole thing's insanity. I just didn't see it getting any real traction. But in the case of our gal guy whichever i don't even remember the claim um she was of of no significance because she didn't do well as a a male as a female or as as something in between right her scores her scores were never of any consequence she needed a whole bunch more narrowing of a division to show up on the radar and and what was said publicly in a forum where there was a lot of jest created problem, and it all ended up settling at insignificant amounts of money. I think it was fifty thousand dollars, a fraction of what it would have cost to go with the attorneys to make some kind of point. But her placement kind of didn't matter as much as just the precedent it sets, right? Like all of a sudden you just have all these dudes. No, the the problem is is that in in a comment on a website someone said hey just one of our staff legal staff says you just sign up for the one you were born as and the problem is is that she'd already been allowed to sign up either way oh right it's already this this standing rule that wasn't the official policy and and impossible to figure that out when you have four hundred thousand people signing up yeah we weren't it wasn't an issue with 400,000 competitors, there was one who had issue and she had issue with a public statement, not a corporate policy. And so it all dissolved to nothing. It wouldn't have had existence had it not been filed in Santa Cruz County. Oh, really? Because of the politics in Santa Cruz? And and by a gentleman who had sued us unsuccessfully many times. Oh, oh. This guy again, this clown, this clown, never successful. I got I got deposed by him countless times, and I kind of enjoyed it. it was he not a smart man? Not even close. <laughs> um, uh, uh, this is this is an interesting problem, says uh, Mr. Watkins of the Heat One app. Uh, on one hand, you don't want to have people compelled to disclose their medical history. I agree. On the other, it feels like they should have to disclose their mail. Yeah, I don't know, even know if that's medical history. That's what I was going to say. Is, is it? How is it medical history? We can make it that. 
hey, w- w- wasn't there some what wasn't there some rule like in the NBA for a while or like if you had AIDS, you had to tell people. Or, or in boxing and sports where there's blood, you have to tell people if you have AIDS or if you have some sort of. That was porn. Oh, just porn. Okay, I knew it was. Some, I knew it was some. <laughs> I knew it was some sport. Uh, Jake Chapman, uh, Sevy, does Greg have much knowledge on Parkinson's disease? No, I mean, but uh, you can't help but notice some stuff, right? I mean, there's things coming down the down the pipe. We know that uh, uh, chronic traumatic brain injury. Uh, is clearly a, clearly a predisposes you to it at, at, at the very best, at the very least. And there's chemical causes. Uh, uh, meaning, meaning, like you get um, uh, Freddie Roach style, you get punched in the head a lot as a boxer, and twenty years yeah, later, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, you know, tragic. Uh, my uh, my maternal grandfather got off the bus at. 19 or 20 years old coming back from world war one with a pronounced parkinson's tremor that was quite advanced by the time he was 25 30 years old but he lived that all the way with that until he was 97 ate his meals alone in the kitchen because he's sloshing coffee all over everywhere he could swing an axe and he could drive a truck and he could rope cattle but he couldn't drink coffee or write a letter or speak well and it was a, a you know a, a an amazing deficit that he just had to overcome, but he got mustard gas and it resolved itself with Parkinson's. Resolved itself. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That... At, at, at 19, he comes off the bus with a shaky voice. Kind of sounds like RFK of current was the, the way it was explained to me and imitated. But by the time I knew him, you did, you had to know him or you didn't understand what he was saying, mm. but there are no people in town that had been around with him since he was 19 years old. But... It worked for him. He built a community of people that understood and brought his coffee filled low in a big jar, you know? <laughs> filled low. Adaptation. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, it, We went to your kid's birthday party and you got a magician. And Avi wanted a magician, so we got a magician. We got a different one than, than you. But we ended up getting a magician with Parkinson's disease. And there's this trick where you take a big glass of water and pour it into a little glass of water and then into a littler glass of water into a littler. And then you pour it back up and show that like the same amount of water fits in all four cups. But dude, that trick was fucking a disaster. There was water everywhere. And afterwards, my mom thought it was on purpose. Like that was part of the trick. It sounds like. I'm not. I'm not gonna join you. Laughter on that. Um, You can't. uh, He's a good dude. But. that sounds like a test for Parkinson's. Where at the end we got the beaker of how much water right, you slushed. Right. Right. <laughs> However much water you lost, that's how bad it is. What stage? Yeah. Is. Does that right. kill you eventually? Parkinson's kills you. You know, I saw that they, in a quick bio on on uh, Ali, they said that he developed sepsis from his Parkinson's. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, uh, the what the path of the disease looks like, nor what its complications are. So my my grandfather died um, in his sleep at ninety seven. So, Mike McCaskey, you're a good man, Greg. Meanwhile, Savon thinks it's funny. <laughs> it was amazing. It's just the context is in. It's like you know, 
um, the magic trick doesn't really work that well. well. Well, it makes you think that that's the trick, right? Instead of it being trick glasses, you think, oh, he just shakes some of the water out onto the floor. And now it fits in the smaller glass. <laughs> How was Africa? You know, we, we went to the Seychelles. And so in that dose, from that perspective, it was magnificent. You went to Croatia and you're like, hey, this is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And then you go to Seychelles. You're like, oh, this is it. They're similar. I mean, it, you know, Croatia was blue and wonderful and a lot of fish. And, and uh, this was similar, but a little warmer and a little bluer. Yeah. And it's not a spot for America. Um, tradition. I shouldn't say would, it's not for Americans. They just haven't found it yet. America hasn't found it yet. There, were, there was a lot of German and even more Russian tourists, and so where, where we went, the few times we went into kind of popular areas or when we were at the Four Seasons, um, Russian was kind of the lay of the land. Better than Hawaii. Yes. Because of the weather, the, the lack of humidity, the water, the people, the service. No, it was it was it maybe hotter and more humid, and, and the water was was nice. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, you, you, it wasn't hard to find a sandy beach that there were turtle prints on the sand, and no one was there coming. And uh, tremendously welcome. Uh, vital to the economy and the locals appreciate that mm. the tourism the service is, is ass in hawaii right slow yeah too much of the population has been told for too long that they were exploited mm. that that captain cook came and did y'all a huge injustice and that there's a veritable paradise a garden of eden a utopia before we came along but I'm I'm listening and taking in that vibe while standing there at the pally where King Kamehameha forced ten thousand women and children and men to jump to their death. Ten fucking thousand. Insane. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, that kind of fucking paradise. <laughs> right. <laughs> Depends on whether you're which end of the Diddy Mao you're on. Uh, Sarah Cox, uh, ch ch uh, looking to stem cell therapy. She's saying for Parkinson's. Did Greg's vagina you know, fruit make? Sorry, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, that you know that makes sense. If something did uh, stem cell therapy for Parkinson's, uh, boy, if there was a, I mean, that's consistent with the hope, right? And if it worked, it, I don't, I don't know if I'd be shocked by it. Probably not. A, cu a couple uh, last week when you were on the air, you held up, uh, I think, what you were claiming is one of the world's largest seeds. Yeah, I got one. Is that the one that you held up? It looks smaller from here. Yeah, it, it made it. The vagina, the vagina fruit. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Now it's back to all its glory. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Hey, this thing. This it's is. I need a stand. Is, yeah, that's something. I got a guy for that too. So. But it's cool. It's uh, there's only two little islands where those things have been found, and it's the world's largest sea. You know, the big ones get fifty pounds. I think it's twenty six kilograms. Is the and it grows high enough up that if it came loose and hit you, you wouldn't even have a chance. 
whenever I see stuff like that, I'm always curious if someone has successfully grown one elsewhere. Like a few times I've tried to grow a bow bow here in Santa Cruz and I failed every time the, the, the African tree. I wonder if anyone's ever grown one of those somewhere. I guess if you were going to try it, you should do it in Hawaii. Similar climate. Yeah. I was trying to find a, a, if anyone had successfully grown tamarack on the Pacific coast and you get down a rabbit hole of, someone with a claim and other people going liar and it might have been indoors part of the time and funny that's not the same tree gets weird i saw something the other day that i'm about to show you and what's interesting is i saw a parallel between this and broken science and uh it's not a good parallel and this is from the governor of new york which is a, a highlight reel of idiocy. You, you, are you familiar with her, Greg? No. Oh, the governor of New York. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. Chick, yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's a complete moron. And um, if I were to kind of sum up broken science, if I were to tell someone about it, um, I would call it a, uh, a hedge or an inoculation against bad thinking. If someone said, well, what are you doing this? Why are you going out in March to listen to Greg's uh, uh, talk? And I would be like, well, because he's offering up the tools so that you could look at something and see if you're being duped by it or not. Give you the tools to kind of pry into something and get to see if it's telling you the truth or not. And uh, boy, it looks like they want to do the same thing. I'm going to play this clip for you uh, and let me know what you think. She, she wants to offer up tools also. Here we go. You have to see this. The governor of New York just announced basically a ministry of truth that is going to be put into public <laughs> Check this out. Today, I'm directing the director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K through 12 in our public schools. This will teach students media literacy tools and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred and the spread of it and help prepare them for a very fast moving and often confusing world. The left loves to use fancy buzzwords to make it sound like they're doing something nice. But in reality, we know what it means when she says that they're going to root out conspiracy theories and teach these kids not to fall for them. It means that they're going to frame the right as conspiracy theorists, as the purveyors of. Crazy, right? Wildly transparent. Hey, we're we're at a we're at a huge divide. And it's it's in part intellectual and it's in part ethical. And this is why we frequently find ourselves trying to sort out the stupid from the evil. And it's hard to do because you find crazy mosaics of both features in all kinds of individuals. But uh, they go hand in hand and they serve one another. And so we, we need a reduced cognitive capacity to get you to swallow some just blatantly and obviously evil. And there's there's blueprints for it. The socialists do this. This is what happened in Europe, China. 
Think of the amount of disbelief. Look at the threat that Falun Gong is to, to the, to the uh, PRC. And for what? For honesty, perseverance, kindness? <laughs> Come on. Come on, what are those things the what are those things the enemy of, of of the good? Look at this look at this axis we're up against. Look at the at the at the alliance of China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, and radical Islam. And look at the look at the collective ethics that those entities offer, express. <laughs> China got all upset. The left got all upset because Bumblefuck got conned into stating the obvious that Xi Jinping's a dictator. Who do we serve by pretending like that's not true? Our people? His people? What, what, is that like pouring acid on the fucking guy? Is that the whole thing? It's like Wizard of Oz bullshit? He's got them thinking he, they voted for him? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to reveal that there's a fix-in? It seems crazy unethical not to, doesn't it? Shouldn't the whole world open a window and yell out he's a fucking dictator? What the hell else? I mean, I'm not saying that's even a bad thing, but why do we have to pretend? Because we have to pretend because the next step is dictator good. There's um, no difference between men and women. Yeah, okay. I know what you mean. I'm not going to ruin your dinner party, so I'm just going to shut up here. My 10-year-old daughter says they don't even have the same privates. What do you mean they're not different? Right. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, it's, 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 is it more complicated than that? No, it is not. Mm -mm. No, it is not. And so here we are. We're going to pretend like this guy's not a dictator. Why again? Mm -hmm. To further and his fucking cause. That's, that's all. We're going to get along better if we pretend like he was like he has legitimacy? Um, isn't that, that something? Good. This is something you can recognize about Germans, but not Chinese. Is it like that? The fucking dictator of the worst sort. I feel like that the um, there's this evolution that human beings go through. There's nice people, and then and then once you graduate from being nice, you go to a person with values and morals. And when you're not, and, and when you're nice, you just love everyone. A dictator, a ruler with total power over a country, uh, typically one who has obtained control by force. The, the, um, you, you, you th there's this left. It's love everyone, a peace no matter what. Don't kill anyone for any reason. And then, of course, the people that they hate and who that's not uh, true about is the people who don't agree with them, which is the irony there, right? But but once you yeah. have a being, you're like, wait a second, love everyone. But I do have some values and some morals. I, I, I don't I don't want to um, bring pedophiles into my home. You know what I mean? Like you start realizing that that's not true. You don't love everyone. You're, you're not going to let Je you're not going to feed your mom to Jeffrey Dahmer. It, it, it's a lie. You're living a lie. And that's when you have sure. morals and values and you've kind of evolved as a human. Yes, yeah, someone's got that five step progress by which success or wealth creates this unaware class that becomes weak right i'm not you've heard you've all heard this like the five steps but if, if maybe uh, Caleb will find you, it for, yeah it, 
it's out there, five steps of history or something. And it's how the, the success breeds a weakness that creates failure, that creates hardship, that breeds more strong men for a better society. Uh, it's so good that it crumbles. Hard, uh, hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things. Like, yeah, of course, of course, but uh, trippier yet, um, I think that liberals uh, decay into socialism, and socialists quickly come to a point where part of the policy becomes we got to do something about these fucking Jews. Metaphorically speaking, but uh, right, uh, yeah, like with yeah, like gassing them and shit, yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. The line you use: stacking bodies like cordwood. Basically, hey, we have stacking to stacking bodies like cordwood. Yeah. What mm -hmm. happens is the the individual um has to subjugates to the collective vision of the whatever you imagine the whole to be, and that becomes the greater good. And that's when people end up stacked like cordwood and socialism is particularly adept at that. So while we're all watching Republicans looking for Nazis, the Democratic Party is going to turn into fucking Jew killers. Mm -hmm. How? Supporting of Hamas and Iran. That kills Jews. And by the way, the intent in killing the Jews, it's not just to eradicate the Jews. It's the, it's the fine sharpness on Western civilization. It's the thing that makes our culture successful, dominant. It's why we don't live the way they do. They're doing, they're all living under dictatorship. The other thing that's interesting is what is the implicate the implication of the fact that San Francisco cleaned all its streets out for that dictator? They found the resources and the money to sweep everybody off to the corners and build in some fencing overnight. And then the crazy part is, is that when Gavin came out, he goes, did we clean everything up because we have the leaders of China here? Well, yes, we did. Um, we want to represent. So then when you take that and you couple it with our, um, you know, media training for our K through 12, it seems to me like we're building up this uh, system where the thought police will come around and take you away. And the thought police is actually going to be your children because they'll be more media trained to understand what you can't understand. And if you have an opposing thought, you become the enemy. And then that enemy at some point needs to be round up and placed somewhere because they're evil trained. by The, ex the extent to which the streets were cleaned and of what they were cleaned. And the fact that that, state that was addressed is the permanent long-term state for everyone. This makes that effort really no different than the Potemkin village it, 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 um, story, right? Where the facade of a village off in the distance was brought so that the leader could look out and see the prosperity. And there mm -hmm. were cutouts painted way off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And the and the brutality of that, the Aesopian savagery of a notion carries exactly to this. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the stories when people visit North Korea. Hey, follow yes. us through our carved out spot that everything, you know, that's exactly what it is, but it's San Francisco. So the fact that you could even make that comparison, even in the slightest, has to be a huge red flag. And it's just out in the public for everyone to see. And they're omitting it. 
Yeah, they're admitting it. It's not yeah. even. The, the not things even. that we see as defects in the Gavin Newsom methodology are, in fact, its chief uh, virtues for, uh, for, on behalf of those that created them. It's one of these, everything that's wrong is wrong on purpose. Mm. Homelessness isn't a problem, it's an opportunity. Mm. And it's an opportunity for continued political control and more money running through the coffers, and it's not exactly that. When we watched the Seattle Dying, I had Jeff Kane do a bit of a dive on what the homeless industry looks like. And there's a couple of gals making billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Because I'm like, how is it they're spending $350,000 a fucking head? Who's getting that money? Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't have to look too hard to find out who is, who is getting that money. And it's enriching the hell out of people. It's industry. It's a homeless industry. It's part of the, it's part of the disease economy. Pick the worst parts of what's going on at the border, the worst parts. And I'm telling you, there's a team rooting for it that knew that would happen, Biden and company. Uh, Epoch Times called out the border crisis as the blueification of Arizona and New Mexico, Texas, and Florida, what, seven years ago, eight years ago? Nothing new. It's, it's just trying to create more Democrats. The problem they have is that the last crew that came through the border adopted some values consistent with the success they've found and they're not having it anymore. And those are black and brown people that have gotten off the plantation. Mm-hmm. And so you need got to let in another crop of people that will knee jerkly reflexively vote, vote blue mm-hmm. until they get jobs and, and go from one pickup truck to five and start hiring people to work for them. And then they and their kids won't have anything to do with that bullshit. The impoverishment that's required for leftist ideology fails with time and success. Because you need a new crop of young, stupid people. And some of them are temporarily stupid. They'll believe things in their teens and 20s and 30s. They won't in their 40s or 50s with any luck. You know, my dad said that I'm taking up too much time here. Uh, My dad said that uh, the left was, in fact, the Dems were the party of the disadvantaged, the have-nots, the downtrodden. And the part, and the right is indeed the party of the privileged and the successful. And they both have proven vehicles for, for raising their numbers, for increasing their numbers. Mm-hmm. How's that for a compromise? The left, the Dems are the parties of the have-nothing, and they're going to make sure that there's more people that have nothing. Keep that pipeline full. Hell yeah. Yeah, your poverty is their control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're, ra- when you're raised as a kid in a Democrat uh, family, what you're taught is is that Democrats are for the poor and Republicans are for the rich. And then at some point you get older, and if you're lucky, you meet someone like you, Greg, and you realize, oh, they forgot to tell you, the Democrats are the party that keeps people poor and the Republicans are the party that gets people rich. They had it. They they had the wording wrong a little bit. And, and no no no. By the way, no rich people wants other like no no healthy rich person wants to keep other people poor. They, they check this out. Yeah, and in fact, the leftist ideology is an individual basis. You, you the impact it has on you, my nephew, niece, or sister in law. Um, the impact it has is tantamount to a vow of poverty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, it's just like you're going to be broke-ass, fucked up, have nothing, thinking that's how the world works. And hey, what dude, you sad... walk around and, and ask... a victim, a victim yeah. of a people yeah. can get your ass ripped off and never be able to create a fucking thing for yourself thinking that way. Mm-hmm. You can ask nine out of ten young Democrats, do you want to be rich? And they'll say no. And I'm not, by no means am I suggesting it should be your sole goal. I'll just stick up for business people, and I really believe that many of them are trying to find a uniquely attractive opportunity for other people. Typically, that shines them in some positive kind of light as a coder or whatever the ego element is. But uh, being fast to grab from the pile isn't the isn't what I've seen. Doesn't associate with the people I've seen make a lot of money. Make a lot of money. It doesn't look like greed. What's it look like? Well, I, let me just speak to one friend who's serially a billionaire. And he just, when he wrote code better than yours, he got off on it. I mean, really, you know, like supercharged him. And when you're successful at that, serially, it also raises money. Mm-hmm. And so when Philippe Kahn's compiler ran on your desktop and produced better results than Microsoft's compiler would on a on a big frame computer with less errors. I mean he was I mean he was developing this shit welding socket board circuit boards in a car wash with you know and produce something better. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Come here illegally. And was where? soldering circuit boards from uh, France. Wow! After having toured Europe on a on a motorcycle, including gone through all of Afghanistan as a teenager, become a karate champion, PhD in mathematics, he came to this country and he was he was soldering circuit boards in a car wash when he developed uh, what Turbo Pascal fundamentally. I, I just want to throw this out there too, by the way, for people who don't know the story, I'll tell this really quick. Um, Greg used to train this guy. Greg would ride his bike up to this guy's house and um, the guy would say, come to my house at 7 a.m. and train me. And so Greg would go there and Greg would get paid by the hour. And by five o'clock, maybe Philippe hadn't come down. So Greg's now been up there for 10 hours. And while some people would have sat around and complained, and we've all seen people like this, Greg did not do that. He set up a makeshift office in the gym using plyo boxes and whatnot and, and got busy. He didn't scroll through his fucking Instagram. That's where he started doing some of his most prolific writing and uh, and deep dives into the stuff that we call the CrossFit Journal today. There are these people that want to fucking complain and not take advantage, speaking of opportunity. And he took that opportunity. And he doesn't tell – I've heard him tell the story a dozen times or three dozen times. He doesn't – he never tells it like – um, in, in no offense to these people, he doesn't tell it like it's some life lesson or like you boys should be doing this. He doesn't tell it like a Navy SEAL. He just tells it like matter of fact. So I'm fucking sitting there. I got my pen and paper. So I just set up a desk and start writing. And like, man, you got to glean that. There's opportunity everywhere. My training was 75 bucks an hour and I didn't want to make house calls. So the, the good woman, Sonia, deep, dear friend of mine now, um, doubled my rate and charged me from portal to portal, leaving the house to getting back in the house. 
And so my drive time and the sitting there five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day was being paid at $150 an hour. And very little of that was training. And so I knew I was being paid for something beyond the training. Let's give life to that. And the, a whole bunch of the journal material was written there and at the ugly mug right near your house. Probably 80 to 90% of the of the early work was done in that environment, waiting for Philippe or sitting in the coffee shop. <laughs> And it was a hell of an opportunity to finally have someone paying me to sit around and, and work, right? Mm-hmm. Every I mean, single person has that story where they don't – I've told the story before, but it was this guy I know who – or I read an article about in Smithsonian one time. He was an artist, and he was a marathoner, and he was a uh, um, uh, – what's a, a bug scientist? Etymologist? Is that what that is? Yeah. And he was an etymologist. What is it called? Enter with an N, entomologist. Entomologist. And so what he would do is he would go to his cabin and he would, and he had a, 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 a 13 mile route. And it, like every seven miles, he had some bananas and, or some ground up moldy cheese. And he would leave it around and he would run with his book and he would get to these stops and there would be bugs at these areas where he would make like these, whatever, these concoctions. He would draw the bugs and then run another seven miles. And his whole life was like that. Like, like everything was working towards the common goal. So he was a Harvard professor that started to, uh, um, talked about entomology, but he's also an artist and he ends up publishing a book. I think you actually maybe bought me the book um, on, uh, on bugs that he drew. And it's like all of these, that, that I swear to you, that is a common theme. Successful people, their whole life is kind of routed around what they know and what they do. Are, are you feeling that Greg? What I'm saying? It's like a, it's like a tight circle. Like you're not going, you're not going to the Seychelles to, um, you're going there to decompress, but the whole time you're, you're thinking about broken science. You're using the opportunity of the clear mind, the sun, the new environment to get a fresh perspective on what you want to do. You're, well, I guess it's easy when you're chasing your passion. Yeah. It's, uh, I left with some PDFs mm -hmm. that I have habitually returned to over, the, over several years. I find myself referencing either in conversation or in writing something or in trying to recall a concept in its exposition, frankly, where it's clearer than I'm able to, to muster up. And I brought those with me and probably read them a dozen times each, half a dozen articles. On this most and, recent uh, trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, I, if there's something that you're returning to over and over and over and over and over again to to help in your exposition, it, maybe it ought to be a little closer to hand than something you pull it up on the screen again. And I got I got exactly exactly that out of it. Uh, good morning, Coach Sevi Souza, uh, cousin Caleb. Oh, <laughs> oh, you have a you, you have a, you have a cousin named Eaton. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Damn, I love it when I have to explain stuff to Caleb. That's awesome. That's very rare. Very <laughs> <rare>. Caleb too. <laughs> I was very confused. Burnt lumber, holy cow! Thank you so much. Very generous. Um, uh, happy Thanksgiving, gents. Welcome back, Greg Glassman. Burnt lumber. Wow, burnt lumber. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, dude. And one one quick thought on kind of uh, what we were just discussing about. I also think that there's this. Um, we we have a hard time holding two emotions at the same time. So what I mean by that is like, if you get really upset or frustrated about your situation, but if you immediately go to gratitude to like what you're thankful for, it's hard to still remain upset 
And I think that when we have this uh, this uh, trumpeting of the victim mentality, it's hard to find opportunity. So it's almost like those two conflicting things. So if you're somebody who knows that there's a lot of opportunity, that you're a go-getter, that you want to contribute, you'll always find opportunities to do so or to advance your work. But if you're with a victim mentality that everybody's against you, the world's out to get you, you're not going to have that same mindset of how could I find opportunities to better myself or contribute. You're going to sit there and think, I'm owed something. I'm frustrated by this. This isn't turning out the way that I thought. And there's nothing I can do about it. I'm helpless. And so I think that that's part of the, the two differences. Like when we don't have any heroes in America anymore, or that the heroes are our, you know trans swimmers and things that are being pushed. George um, Floyd. George Floyd. It, all of that is, is just reminding you and, and telling you and imprinting upon you like, hey, there's victims. There's a ton of bad stuff in the world and there's nothing you could, you could do about it. You're just a victim of it. Yeah, it, it, all of it is really comes out of downplaying the significance of character. What it does in perseverance, you know, overcoming heroics. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice, charity, all those things um, is, is, you know, I think at the heart of being a victim is a, is a, it, it suggests the inability to have character, to dwell on it, to focus on it, mm -hmm. snap out of it for God's sakes, you know, mm -hmm. I and think reground yourself in something, in something more important than what happened to you. I think that's why I, um, even though I'm not a, a Christian or religious person myself, I find value in, in religious people because I, I, I admire their character, their values, their steadfast, their conviction. You, the, the extent to which you're bought into your victimhood, it is it is a certain it's a variant of narcissism, solipsism, mm -hmm. it, um, uh, sensory deprivation. You're you're internally focused, and that's always at a detriment. No matter no matter how that happens, even through through stinginess, you know. But self absorption leads to fucking misery. And victimhood is is one of the it's probably the, one of the easiest ones to inculcate. Teach your kids they have no chance. Why? Because you were born with a vagina. You're fucked. It's just going to be that way. Sorry. Mm -hmm. The, the color happen. of your skin. Black guy's never going to get ahead because of a white guy. And you get people believing that, and it's 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 profoundly debilitating. Mm -hmm. We see it all around us. So you could have been waiting in Philippe's gym. Uh, pissed off and, and you might have that thought like fuck this guy hasn't come down in two hours but then at some point you have to be like hey i'm done playing the victim time to get to work I see an opportunity dude i was i was being paid 150 dollars an hour to to make the world a better place right and i'm yeah. thankful for that i thanked him for that opportunity mm -hmm. I, I wish he could have kept the clock rolling and just had me on 24 hours a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said something important. You were like, I was finally getting paid. And you're like, it was incredible because I was getting paid to, to do the work that I was doing now. He didn't see it as nope. like oh, being paid to sit here, which that's that victim mentality or this is a waste of my time. All of a sudden, Greg was like, hey, now I'm going to do the work and continue my my efforts, but I'm also being paid for it. That's a great setup. Let me tell you what else he would do. He would pick my brain and get my opinion on something 
and then find someone famous in their own right for holding a different opinion and bring them out. Oh, and, and watch guys like cockfights, <laughs> sleep experts, trainers. There were some great encounters. You write a whole book just on that shit. That's amazing. I remember talking about some sleep expert and like you found him in People Magazine. Look, you should read this. This is something you should learn about. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I come back to him like, I don't know, man. I just tell all my bullshit detectors are going off. So a month later, I get to the garage and my got my table, my door that's set up on the water bottles. And I got water bottles in plastic for a desk. And they work off the supply and keep rebuilding my desk and pulling from it as shopping dictated but there's a guy sitting out in the garage with a suit on and he's not really saying anything and i'm just kind of tripping on him like i finally had to ask who he was but he's the guy from people magazine waiting for police oh shit <laughs> so he just had this fucker out and he's sitting there in a suit for hours hours and there's no chairs just my water bottles right yeah the sleep guy and he goes home a week later in disgrace yeah, he probably didn't take waiting for Philippe as well as you did, dude. I went in Marsalis, all kinds of people. The music world, it was a who's who of folks who would come. Yeah, yeah. Philippe made a jazz recording with him on uh, saxophone, and it had all kinds of fucking legends in it, right? Living legends on the instruments, and he recorded in his house. And uh, he said, "I go, wow, man, you." You got to be really good to play with them. He says, no, it's just the golden rule. And I go, the golden rule? And what's that? He goes, the guy with the gold makes all the rules. Oh. <laughs> and my mom taught me, but yes. <laughs> so that's why they were waiting in the garage. You get, you pay anyone enough, they'll wait in the garage. Yeah. If they're smart. Greg, I'll be in Tempe December 6th through 10th from Vindicate. Uh, spicy margaritas on me if you're in town. It, it works. I'm uh, I'm eight through twelve. I got the Portland kids coming down. In uh, in 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 Tempe, in in Scottsdale. Uh, in Scottsdale. Oh, that's cool. Of December. Yes, um, sir. Carolyn M. The self help book. Greg Glassman. I think of intelligence and wisdom as the ability to see other perspectives and to be open to change if proven wrong. What do you see as a prominent changed opinion in your life? Thank you. I, I'm reading that as like if you had one position and something caused you a shift, what was that? Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to think about that and offer something profound. But I'm always Were you ever liberal, Greg? Were you ever hippie? Were you ever uh, like no matter what, love everyone, peace, love? Um I got a, a peace sign. Mm-hmm. and cast iron on a chain when I was like 11 years old and wanted to grow my hair long and play the guitar and get some pussy and my dad didn't want to have any of that so yeah, he got that... me an accordion and I had <laughs> oh. a crew cut with a peace sign you know <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing none of that the accordion fixed me like I, I, I to get out of the accordion I had to promise to never play the electric guitar drum even when you were an expert oh. in the plant, in the plant medicine, medicinal plant field, you didn't you didn't have any um, hippie notions. I discovered uh, National Review in 1982, so I'd have been 26 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I was far from matured or growing up. 
And so I was somewhat a hellion, um, a problem citizen, perhaps, and uh, and uh, found National Review and New Republic at the same time because they were frequently referring in National Review to shit that appeared in the New Republic. So I got I got brought up intellectually um, listening to both sides. On that subject reminds me of our commenter and the question that I'm supposed to be looking through as to what it's and it's ranking is my problem how would i rank the thing but to, yeah thank you for that but uh uh i read in national review very early buckley said that the only reason for opening your mind was to close it on something and the question reminds me of that and so uh i think it's important to have an open mind to come to realize things like the uh, absurdity and the shitty pretenses of the national uh, public health response, international health response to COVID, those kinds of things. I think it requires an open mind to see that, to whether the dismissal of the things that we've been through as conspiracy theories, Hunter Biden laptop, collusion, you know, on and on look what we've been through origins of the virus right what's the battle someone's own personal discernment against the popular narrative i'll I'll give her one i'll give her one here's an easy and cheap one i thought that i thought that the cdc was woefully ignorant around chronic disease but probably had its shit figured out on the infectious front now i realize it's all bullshit too How's, how's that for a big oh yeah that caught me that caught me off guard did you always um, know that the CDC notion, was the, wrong the notion on of deep because... health? I was I was slow to believe deep state, mm. and I got it proved to me through deep health. How's that for a mm. startling awareness? I had no idea there was a deep health. Did you always know it was corruption right away, or did you just think that they missed the mark? I, you know, I too often thought I was smarter than everyone else, and the thing is, I just hadn't gotten a paycheck. Oh, they failed to they failed to bribe me. I thought I was smart. Right. The golden rule. Yeah, it just wasn't on the take. <laughs> so finally someone's like, what got the whole CrossFit thing? I'm like, man, I am some kind of fucking genius to come up with this shit. Because I, I got people reporting me for teaching old ladies to squat. Like, you know, CSCS, you're fucking busted. I'm writing a letter. Get your certification revoked. I don't have one. <laughs> teaching old ladies to squat. There were people that made war for me over that. They have to hide them. Take them over where to a rarely used machine in the corner. It looked perverted as hell. What are you doing? I'm having her squat. <laughs> it looks like she's just standing up off the shoulder press machine over and over. What she is, I lowered the seat. If anyone looks over, sit down and start pressing it. You know? <laughs> wow. Honest to God. In Capitola. Uh, Greg wanted uh, Iota. Greg wanted a peace sign, and his dad got him an Iron Cross. <laughs> he got me a peace sign. Yeah, yeah. Had an accordion. Um, I uh, must have looked like a fucking idiot with it on. No, no, you look great. <laughs> Extra sloppy. Uh, did two on one off idea come from observing the effects of CrossFit on hormones? I'm not sure what that means. Is, is that like a steroid protocol? I'm not sure. Um, my doctor noticed a tendency for CrossFit people to have both 
I don't know what that is. SHBG. Where did two, where did two, two off, uh, uh, two on one off come from? It was three. Yeah, I, it's three on three one. on one off. Yeah. yeah. Three on. It allows me, I can get into a rhythm where I have, uh, uh, ability to kind of cover all of your capacities to a point where you clearly need a day off and where I've been working, I've been contracted for like the Canadian military to develop some five on two off programs. The problem with three on one off is that some Saturdays you have workouts and others you don't. Mm -hmm. And the military, the Canadian military was basically working at nine to five Monday through Friday. The military has weekends off. I don't know if I just gave away a Canadian national secret or not, but there's, there's <laughs> no one uh, home on Saturday. They don't work on weekends? Yeah. <laughs> don't no, attack them on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, they don't, work, they don't work weekends. But uh, so it had to be, and there was no way, and I fought hard for it. And so what I had to do was, to hit the same intensity that could be recovered and allow for 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 sustainability i always thought i'd get to use that someday in a sentence where it made sense but to create a sustainable atmosphere um i had to throw in things like these uh, 3k and 5k runs and i said it's like the iceberg lettuce it was it was anything else was just going to fuck you up. And so they were getting the same load over five days that you were in three filled in with some endurance shit, which they were overly fond of anyways. It felt a little corrupt, but there was a corruption of the potential in going to five on two off, trying to conform your physiology to the work week. And uh, so you just made it work that way. But what you'd see is if you could, there were two days you could take out and you had better programming. Better programming or better results? Is that what you mean? Yeah, you're better programming because you're going to get better results. Um, three on one off is better than five on two off. It really is. It, there's a, I can't commit to the, the, you go to any place where I was at the, at the helm, the feed and workouts, you take any of those three days and then you take two other days from the next week and throw it in there where you've gone five like that without a day off. And it starts to look like the fucking games. Mm. Or or they learn the art of the sandbag. And that's and that's to pace yourself. And you can see people do this in a bodybuilding gym on three sets versus five. You can feel it in yourself. As soon as you tell you tell me you're getting five sets out of me, I'm I'm peeling back. It's it's, a, it's the very next thing that goes through your fucking head before you've even heard what the exercise is. What happens next? You go, I'm going to be short in this fucker. You have to at five. Three, you can get three sets, you're all. The recovery of, of, of young people versus older people is amazing also. The 15, 12, and 9, and 21, 15, 9 are based on kind of the acute understanding of the psychology and the impact and the physiological fade rate on drop sets and things of that of that sort that's why when you reverse them you head fuck people <laughs> get to that glass at 21 it shows, these are going up it shows in the numbers the look on their face like Fran backwards as opposed to forward. Mm. Remember, too, the beauty of this thing was on the unsuspecting. that it, it, They'd look at you at 21 reps and like, fuck you. You know, like they <laughs> yeah. caught on. 
but it's too late. I've just done 21 45ths of the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. The next one's 15. This was triply fucked. So maybe mm-hmm. this is only doubly fucked next round. Thing is, it's similarly fucked. And that 21 to 15, 15 looks like 21 at the second go round with a couplet. Mm-hmm. You almost take off where you started. It's like no trip. No, it's like rep number twenty-two. But now you're crossing the halfway point, so you just go with it. You just eat more shit because you've almost finished the serving. Mm-hmm. And it does not translate the other direction. It is a non-abelian process. Here's some hot shit, Greg. Uh, Magdalene Eggert. Which I think uh, validates her sense. Accordion is definitely a vag magnet. <laughs> yeah, I like her more every day. As <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> she's very love- concise with her words too. I, it must make chick show up with steins full of beer <laughs> with the later hosen and shit. I don't know, man, but um, papa, was it? I could tell wasn't getting it. Um, Jeremy Flatter, Greg, when when is your non compete up? August. August of 2024. Yeah, coming right up. Uh, Zach, I love the way Greg speaks. Could listen to him talk about anything. Greg, are you aware that maybe you're? I, I've never d- looked at your. I've never transcribed anything you've uh, said and looked at it. But are you aware that maybe your ordering of words or your juxtaposition of words is different than normal people? That you speak maybe in a. I don't know what it is, but I, if I were to describe it, I would say that. You're comfortable putting words adjacent to each other that maybe other people aren't. I've enjoyed that fact of writing. And like I had a notebook full of three to five letter words that I didn't know what the fuck they meant, you know? And they're just gems. I wish I could come up. I'll look for that list somewhere. So but, you would uh, hear I've a word? Always... How did you come up with that list? You would hear a word, write it down, and then be like, I'm, I'm going to know that word and start in- incorporating it into my speech? Yeah. What the fuck is flens, you know? F L E N S, like it's simple enough word, but and then you look it up. Oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to use that. Academia has flensed uh, uh, the validation phase from the scientific method to to and, strip the blubber or skin from a whale. Yeah, yeah. Now it sounds like in the sense of stripping the blubber, but it, remember the whale was killed for the blubber. That's what we were after. It wasn't the meat. That was the that was the uh, source of lighting in this country forever, and in Europe. The, the fat burned in lamps. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough time to be a whale. <laughs> yeah, but uh, half of what was written once upon a time is written under uh, whale blubber light. No shit. Yeah. Uh, Grever, uh, Grever, uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor Ponick. I don't know why I keep ha- having to say his first name over like it's going to help me. Trevor Ponikiski. Kiski. Trevor P. Trevor P. <laughs> oh, but you're Polish. Uh, hey, Greg. Ponikiski. Hey, Greg. Pana-Kuski. I'm still learning about the oils that should be used and not used for cooking. Is high oleic sunflower oil somehow better for you than regular used sunflower oil? All right. You know what? I'm going to stay out of the oil thing and send everyone back to like Zoe Harcom and uh, uh. 
and uh, lipid lunacy and the stuff that was written in the first cholesterol book uh, because there's some Fred Krumero in there, but those guys are those guys are solid in what they're talking about. And uh, go back go back to basics and don't use me for that. Uh, maybe there is some advantage, and but it's it's fundamentally no longer where my head's at. But I will, I'll share this with you: the limitations for rapeseed. Um, in animal feed throughout uh, Europe and the United States, throughout the world. And, and that's uh, what we get canola oil from. And the limitations on the size plot that you can grow rapeseed for canola use is limited because it kills all the rabbits and deer that, that rely on it. And we cold press it and sell it to humans. And so Fred Krumero was right. He's the god of this stuff as far as I'm concerned. It took, he, he lived to be a hundred something and fought legally and scientifically the effects of polyunsaturated oils um, throughout his life. You know, he was the, the worst thing that ever happened to margarine was this man. And his story is one of genius and heroism. So if the, we want to get into the oils, I'd go, back, I'd go back to that crowd and look at what they've done. And the Japanese research on the impacts of... Uh, of a polyunsaturates is, is pretty powerful. I, I correct me if I'm wrong. First of all, my wife, we don't do any sunflower oil in the house. And I think that in, in general, uh, if you're going to cook with oils, you should stick with low temperatures and stick with tallow. Right. I mean, if you just go if you yeah. want to be safe and get some basic shit going. I love the butter olive oil mix, both for flavor and what I presume to be in safety. Oh, you just got a um, uh, what did I see you open the other day at your house? You open that box, you're like, oh, Sebby, look at my um, uh, your egg poacher. Yeah, yeah, that thing looks dope. Have you used that yet? Yeah, I used it yesterday. It's, it's uh, I've had others. This isn't my first egg poacher, and I grew up with poached eggs. So basically, I was getting that to make the point to the missus that um, poaching eggs and swirling water with vinegar one at a time is like goes nowhere fast. I, I feel like every time I order a poached egg, there's someone in the kitchen pissed. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it's a pain in the ass to make? You gotta, yeah, you got to swirl the water and add the vinegar. And it's, 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 uh, you can get good at it, but it is a one-at-a-time thing. What do so you mean vinegar? Want, I'm not, what, what, do you, what do you use vinegar for in poached eggs? I don't know my poached egg. I thought you just crack it. You just put a little butter in that thing, crack the egg in it. and when it, it's the, That's in the egg poacher, but the yeah. authentic poached egg is done in water. Just in a cup of water? In, no, in a pot, a small pot of boiling water. And you add an uh, eighth teaspoon or something of vinegar and a little salt and bring it to a boil and you get it swirling and then you coddle the egg, set it into the uh, into the funnel of the swirling water and you only lose a quarter of the white if you're a Jetta. Wow. And then you and then you get it, do it again and change the water for every couple of eggs. And like it's, I there's no one that wants to do that back in the kitchen. I'm sure of that. Oh yeah, let me see this. I've never seen. I didn't know. I thought every poached egg person used one of those little contraptions you had. No. Oh shit! Wow. I had no idea. Oh, that's the non-swirling. I like them. Interesting. So that's water. That's he's he's pointing. That's water and vinegar that's sitting in. Yeah. Fresh eggs are best for poaching. 
All right. Fresh eggs are best for everything. Yeah, it's the same way. Like, wow. All right, I had no idea. Yeah, I'm sure my approach is the barbarian one, but it's cool. I can get six eggs perfectly lightly poached at once. Uh, Greg got it right. Oh, you already knew the answer to your question. It was a test. <laughs> Or his last name pronunciation. Oh, 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 thank you. Thank you. Okay, good. What, what did you say his last name was, Greg? Ponikowski. Ponikowski. Yeah. So you know words and you can read good. <laughs> that's always, that's always helpful. It's uh, Polish like English that some of the art is like not trying to catch every letter. Right, not, not not trying to catch every letter. Well, like Worcestershire. Tell me that's Worcestershire. That tell me how you see that on the label. It's kind of hard. Like sounding it, sounding it out isn't always your best bet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crew I can't say enough good things about that man. Absolutely stunning career. He sued the FDA. Can you just held up his book? K-R-U-M-M-E-R-O-W. But he was a, a PhD DVM, a veterinarian, I believe. And uh, his his suit that he filed against FDA and CDC are just absolute genius. And he won them. And as soon as they would handshake, he'd turn around and sue again. But he sued to get these oils removed from generally regarded as safe. And as soon as they agreed to that, then he sued them to have them banned. And it was a kind of it was kind of like a, I would think a legal oversight that you know okay we're going to settle this thing and part of the agreement is you're not going to turn around and sue me again, but he fucking did. <laughs> and so the fact that these things got removed from generally recognized as safe and then eventually on a timetable where they thought would be long past his life expectancy, um, they are they are coming off that will be no longer legal to sell uh, margarinated products. And he died in the did, did did all of that. Did you meet all him, Greg? No, but I would have I'd liked to have. He passed. Yeah, hundred and two. Wow. I think he just died in twenty seventeen. If I saw. Wow. That. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Crazy respect for the guy. An unchanging message of sixty five years. Perfectly correct. While people were. Well, people were, while your pediatrician was, well, my pediatrician was telling my mom we need to have non fat milk and drink margarine. This guy is saying it's going to kill people. <laughs> Imagine how, how well that went over. Right. Yeah. God, margarine he was right. Was huge. He was right. The TV was inundated with margarine commercials. Do you remember that? Yep. I can't believe it's not butter. Hey, margarine was just garbage, right? It was a by byproduct. Yeah, of course, yeah. it's it's deadly. Holy shit! We ate so much margarine at my house. Uh, it came in the plastic tub, right? We did imperial. It was our yeah. I think that's what we did too. Uh, Jody Lynn. Uh, finally, uh, cooking tips from the boss. And, and Maggie's been doing carnival, right? Your wife's been doing carnival. Yeah. Yeah. Good honor. Yeah. Why are you laughing? I fucking hate grass-fed beef. 
Oh, oh, she's gone. She's going full, fully into it. I got. I was given a taco last night, and I went by it. What kind of meat is this? And she's why? And I, I'm ready for anything, right? You know, it could be armadillo. It's all good now. Organs, <laughs> But no, it's like I, it tastes like fish. She goes, yeah, I noticed that. I go, grass-fed beef. She's, yeah, it tastes like fish to me. I, I may not have noticed. I may have just called it gaminess. But my Swedish friends turned me on to reindeer, and reindeer tastes like mackerel. I mean, it tastes like fucking fish. And I go, it's all the only high chlorophyll containing. I'm like, all right, all right. Grass-fed beef tastes like fish to me. Mm. And I'm generally like, I'm not really excited by the fish taste at some point with fish. But with the ruminants, it's I, I have a lower te- threshold of, of interest. Um, you, you live with, um, um, shifting subject here, you live with four kids. Um, they're yours. You 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 got Maggie pregnant, and she gave you four kids. And you live in very uh, close quarters wherever you go. You've been traveling with them now, uh, basically since you sold the company non nonstop. You you've been with them. You homeschool them. Um, they're like an enormous part of your life. It's like I can tell it's been a massive shift for you that you fully have em- embraced. Um, uh, it's as rewarding a thing as I've ever done. You just took 18 days off them. I've never even like I've never seen you be away from your kids like like more than a couple days uh, since you've had this this last batch. What was that like when you saw them again? 18 days seems like crazy long time to be away from your kids. Dude, the first five days were really, really rough. And then the next 10 were kind of blissful. And then there was three days of missing them again as we're coming back into orbit. But like all travel, it's blast off and re-entry are kind of rough right right yeah psychologically yep, yep, even yep 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 and so like we're in a re-entry phase but to not have seen mom bullied for a couple of weeks to get a whopping dose like oh they just saw mom and just latched on mom this mom give me this you just yeah watch. you know just it's tiny things but uh it's all it's all good it's great i, I can't live with them can't live without them right it's great. Did they, did they look? Did they? Do they all seem older to you? In eighteen days, are you like, whoa? You know, they've been around other, other kids, and so you you get reminded of that. You know, like um, stuff you learn from those kids' behaviors. Riley got upset at Rhett touching something that oh, eating pomegranates with his fingers out of her, out of her container. And she says, there's boogers and who knows? She said, probably uh, anal relaxation ointment. On your <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm like, this is from a 10-year-old I haven't seen in two weeks. And now we're like, we're, we've baked anal relaxation ointment. I had no idea there was such a thing. I had no but idea. But of course either. there is, is now being is leveled as a common insult on a nine-year-old. And so like, yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> This is some of this shit. I'm I'm an old guy. I'm gonna have to like you know. I'd like to know a little more, but not a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Party like, like you want to ask her where she learned that from, but then also you don't. You don't want to like open well, up the book. There's right? none in my cupboard, you know. Like, but right. this is. Weird, <laughs> right? It sounds that sounds like a specific product. Now I'm tempted to go on Amazon, but like let me, I'm gonna yeah. come over and use your computer. 
Yeah. Hey, Caleb, anal relaxation. Ointment. I'm on it. <laughs> the fuck God. is that? <laughs> and, and like, of course, I'm thinking, I hope they didn't have this shit at Nani and Poppy's house. Like, someone got in the cupboard? <laughs> What's going on? Is this a TV show? Other kids? The cousins? Those are pretty strict grandparents. They have pretty strict grandparents, though, right? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> anal relax cream. Wow. Of course. Wow. She called it ointment. I've I've never heard her use the word ointment before. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Ointment. Backside cream. Yeah, it's you think it's no, this is like the buttery boys. That's what I took away from them, right? Like, wow, they're they're now they're 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 just open. Right. (laughs) Have you seen buttery boy cream, Caleb? On Amazon? It's that is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it is a thing. I checked. I checked. So if that's the checked. buttery boys, it's, it's it's hard. Hey, they're good Mormons. It's a hard thing to do this to make that <laughs> kind of jump. <laughs> but uh, but when you see ointment, you know that's like there's a thing. That's there's ointment. No one's making shit up with the word ointment. <laughs> Damn it. So yeah, we shouldn't take any kids with us. Maybe <sighs> she's not asking me to explain it either, which is a little like damn it. There's this song, uh, there's an artist named Lil Dicky, and he has a song called Freaky Friday, where he switches places with a, a black rapper. I'm trying to remember who it is. It's Chris Brown. Him and Chris Brown switch bodies, like the movie Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. And there's a line in there where where Lil Dicky opens up his pants in the video and looks in his pants, and he goes, and I got my dream dick. And the other day, I heard Avi. I heard Avi must have heard the song, and I heard Avi say that. And I got my dream dick, and I was like, "Oh God, where the fuck did that come from? How did that one stick?" I have to have, I have, to have Haley sing that to me. Uh, uh, what's uh, what's the disclaimer? May cause anal leakage. Like you put too much lube on there, and it's <laughs> dude. Craig, this guy, Zach, this guy, Zach Sullivan, said the funniest thing in the comments yesterday. I was I was telling a story about how I was walking Haley. I was walking with Haley somewhere, and she was on the outside of the street, and some lady came up to me, some old lady in Oakland. was like, hey, you got your girl walking on the outside of the street. People are going to think she's a hooker. <laughs> Zach says, it wouldn't matter where I walk my wife. She's always going to look like a hooker. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh savage in the comments what was the original thing about people throwing bedpans like slot pots out the window right it's why they walked on the outside or i don't know mm. oh interesting i mean I you're walking on the street that. and they didn't have toilets so people would just throw their shit out the window and so you walk far yeah. away from it and didn't get wow yeah uh, does Dale Vindicate V N D K A get your uh, CEO shirts at Vindicate.com? Does Doc Spartan make an anal ointment? <laughs> no, it looked like he said he was gonna. It was coming soon, though. Yeah, <laughs> Dale said it's coming. Oh, soon. Oh, that's right. You you went there, Sev, with the guy. With who? With uh, Dale? Well, you said that you said that that his ointment bothered your asshole. Oh, his bar. The, oh, the assumption yeah. was that you're yeah. using it. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the worst relaxation cream I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he got a bar scope shaped like a grenade, and it's green. 
and I soaked my butt and my fucking genitalia with it, and it tingled like I didn't like it tingling. There we go. Yeah. When I was when I was a little kid, and I'm gonna guess it was '63, we were driving cross country to go see the grandparents in Alabama, and I went into a Texaco station with your typical everyone shits on the floor look to the place, and someone had scrawled in the vending machine selling condoms. This is the worst gum I've ever had. They scratched through the paint with that. And, oh. <laughs> and I was like, I knew then I'm never going to see better graffiti scratched into a bathroom ever. <laughs> oh, I can't text Dale from my fucking computer because he's on a droid. Motherfucker. Dale, I'm going to call you after this. There's something so bad. I, I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier to share with you. Dale, do you guys sell do you guys sell any tooth tooth cleaning products? I don't think so. They don't. Hey, I got you some I got you some EcoDent tooth powder, not to promote that brand over any others, but it's huge. Right. It works great. And I'm just I want to make sure. Your house? Now you... I'm coming over to get it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got some I got some tooth powder for you here. So you can testify to the to the quality having tried it. It's because the difference between tooth powder and paste is profound. And you want to be able to figure out that that uh, variable a little more independently. Oh, Dale, I got this crazy idea for you. Great idea. I think it's great. Uh, uh, Dr. Broner's peppermint soap is interesting to share with you. Yeah, fuck all those ting, all that tingly shit. I don't. <laughs> I don't want anything tingly. Doesn't settle well on the backside. Iota condom gum graffiti carver won the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Will Brandsetter. Someone's trying to get rid of the gap. Is no asshole. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um. Uh. State of I think it's Kansas. Some revolutionary shit here going on. Kansas. It's one of the states in the middle of the United States. For those of you who don't know. Starts with a K. Here we go. This has become the first state to pass a bill that defines woman as someone who is biologically born female. That's it. That's what a woman is, which means that this will ban men who identify as transgender women from using single sex areas designated for women. It's called the Women's Bill of Rights. It was approved by legislators 26 to 10 on Thursday. Only Republican support there. And the bill defines a female as someone, quote, whose biological reproductive system is developed to, to produce ova, while male <laughs> refers to anyone whose reproductive system, quote, is developed to fertilize the ova of a female. This is a beautiful bill because it, it doesn't just say don't trans the kids. It doesn't just say wait till eight to introduce kids to transgenderism in schools. Once they turn nine, that's fine doesn't just say only minors can't. It's Here's what I want to ask you guys. Going back to Caroline's question in the beginning. She just she said wisdom and intelligence come from maybe understanding or empathizing with others. I do not understand why anyone would vote against that. I, I can't I can't comprehend why you would be a Democrat or a Republican and not want. Not, not be comfortable with a definition for female around the ability as simple as it's the ability to produce eggs and uh, the male is defined as someone who um, 
can impregnate there. Like what? what t- Ten Democrats voted against that. Why? Th- that's a party line issue. How is that a party line issue? And, and and am I smarter if I understand their reasoning? Yeah, they're funded by a uh, big medical, and uh, that's a large profit center. When you have surgeries at young ages and hook them for life, and so those Democrats are possibly funded by them, and then voted that way. That's hard for me to swallow. I hear you, but for, but for me, it's like, hey, one they want to be nice. They want to be nice, and they think it's offensive to trans people as opposed to having values and discernment and integrity. They're putting niceness or what I I think what we call political correctness over just truth. It it, it leads to dysfunction. I wonder if that's a hundred percent of the time it leads to dysfunction. More divisively, it could be seen as a a further divide between parent and kid which we've seen happen in the public schools as to now you don't have as much autonomy over your child, especially in the hands of the public school system. So the last thing we watched is like, now they want to media train your kids without your permission or you being around. They're talking about these issues that maybe you're not comfortable with or the child's age isn't quite there yet, but now we have to learn about sexual identity and what these terms mean and stuff. And then the trans one is just another one, especially when you see it as in in extremist states like what we live in, where you could potentially have your kid taken away by Child Protective Services because you're not giving them the care that they are inferring that. You don't want to acknowledge that your dude wants to be a girl. And and now you're a bad parent. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not playing dumb at all. I don't I don't understand. I'm not playing dumb at all. I don't understand. That was my point. I, I I don't understand retard. The postmodernism that's coming at us from all directions in the politics and the arts and in the confusion of the Hamas versus the Israelis, uh, the broken science, the nutrition corruption, all of this postmodernism is irrational and depends on demands uh, in, in irrational subtext and context for everything. And so it's a it's a it's a war on thought, a war on logic, a war on arithmetic. Jedediah Snelson comes down to the old adage: "You can't fight stupid." Uh, Carolyn M. Uh, using some of uh, broken sciences uh, tools. Think of it as predictability. It's consistently women that only have babies. (laughs) I'll place my trust in that predictive value. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be hate speech at some point. Yeah. If it's not already. To say that only women can have babies. Yeah, you know what? In Canada, it might be already. I'm going to grab some ice. I'm coming right back. Yeah, yeah. Too ice. It's too early for ice. (laughs) Hey, you know what it reminds me of too? It's like this slow letting out of like what you'll be tolerant and acceptance of when it comes from the government. And a great example to look at is the uh, government forced lockdowns, right? So first it was two weeks to flatten the curve. And then it was like, well, we weren't going to make you wear masks. That would be ridiculous. Bye, Fauci. And then as time goes on, now it's, well, you need to keep your business closed for more than two weeks, two months, in some places, multiple years. The mask thing 
not only became a suggestion, but then a mandate, but then you got ridiculed for it because you're a bad person. And then the same exact thing in terms of the, um, the vaccine, right? It was going to be there and like help. And then now all of a sudden it was a mandate. And then now all of a sudden you're losing your job from it. So like this slow creep out of what you're willing to tolerate and accept that comes from a, at that time and still in places now a totalitarian government. And I think that this is just another one of those slow let outs where how crazy can we go? And if you speak out against it, it's hate speech. Did you see the clip we played uh, the other day, Susan? I don't know if you were on the show with Tucker, Tucker Carlson saying that <clears throat> basically these people are so fucking illogical and out there and that basically the truth always prevails. But as we get them further and further into a corner, they'll use by any means necessary of keeping control. I think that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the story, that they will start using violence. Mm -hmm. They won't be able to justify their position. They won't logically be able to explain how they'll resort to violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where the stacking bodies like cordwood comes into place. And it, it it always leads there, right? That type of mentality, the totalitarianism, the um, you know, censorship, the fact that we have thought police, we have speak police, we're changing definitions of words, like all that leads to the stacking of the bodies. Yeah, go go play, play a little bit of this. I, I think Greg will like this. I think let's, let's play a little. Thank you, Caleb, for finding this so quick woman who is running for president, Nikki Haley, explaining that because of these attacks on October 7th, the rest of us need to register with the government in oh, order to express our opinions online. There she is. This isn't it. She's crazy. She's crazy anyway. Uh, listen, I haven't heard this. Iota, y'all see the uproar with the army ads? Two years ago, it was all racial, racial and gender diversity. And now that there's a real war, all the ads just have white dudes in them. I don't think it's because there's a real war. I think it's because that we have no retention and they just kicked out a shitload of people because of COVID. Oh, they're right. hiring them you, back. They're trying to hire them back because they kicked out. I don't remember exactly the number, but they kicked out a lot of people because they wouldn't take the vaccine. And now they're saying you don't need it. You can come back in. We'll take you. But most of them probably aren't going to come back anyway, because they know it's going to happen again at some point. Damn. Uh, uh, he, here's, here's a, here's, you want to pivot to some other fucking wild shit. Here's a good one too. I, I don't buy this wholeheartedly, but, but there's some, there's some good meat in here. Here we go. Are two strange things about the 2020 U S election that most people didn't know as per 538.com Trump with some margin for error, won the in-person vote in every single U S state, even deeply democratic ones like Biden's home state of Delaware every single one, whereas Biden won the mail-in vote in every single U.S. state, even deeply Republican ones. And in 2020, mail-in ballots, where no one had to show up to verify their identity, went from 29 million in 2016 to 66 million in 2020. Such a stark difference in who wins the in-person or mail-in vote seems unlikely to occur naturally, but you decide. So you could argue that the reason why there were it went from 20 million to 70 million mail-in votes is because of uh, COVID. But it, it is fucking fascinating to know that Trump won every single state if you just counted the in-person voting. Uh, it, it, it's fucking nuts. It, it, it's um, uh, nothing conclusive. But it's frustrating. You you think you think um they they steal the 
if there's an honest election, who do you think wins, Greg, between those two guys? Now? Yeah, honest election, like a fair election. Trump. You do? Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? What let me let me play devil's advocate here. What about all the traditional people who are supposed to hate him? What about like all you know, all the septum pierced people, the black people, the poor people? Although although what's interesting is social media is inundated with young black men who say they're voting for Trump. Um several several black pundits weighed in that his being arrested was gonna win him the black vote. Oh, like now they can identify with them because so many blacks are like one in four black men are arrested or some shit. You had to you had to look to avoid that claim. You had to look away to avoid that. We talked about it. And you think that you think that there will be a fair election? I don't. Fair enough. I guess fair enough. I don't think the left would think that uh, dumping a million illegal ballots into the system is is unethical. Mm. I think there's I think that their ideology is more important than the fairness of any election. I think their interest in democracy only extends to a political system that actually uh, removes uh, rights. I find that all those that talk democracy, democracy, democracy do so because they don't want to admit that there's something more important than whether you vote or not, and that's what your rights are. I think the left is willing to use the ballot to remove uh, uh, my right to free speech, to remove my right of assembly, to remove my right to bear arms, to remove my rights to unreasonable uh, search and seizure. I think their favorite tool to do that would be the ballot box. I'm, I'm afraid of, of all of this talk from the Democrats about democracy, 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 and the things that are a threat to democracy include anything that's a threat to their socialist ideology. It's pretty transparent to me. Which is more important to you, the right to vote or the right to your property, your free speech, your life? Socialism is A and B deciding what C does for D. That's a democracy. That's a it's voting. A and B deciding what C does for D. Damn. Mm-hmm. Got that out of National Review in 1982. I also learned in 1982 that the holy grail for for political tyrants is a voiceless constituency. And so there's nothing better than to represent Gaia, Mother Earth. The environment who says no one's ever in a position it was pointed out by william f buckley in national review that the voiceless constituency is the is the thing of all political tyrants that's what they want a constituency that can't say you don't represent me what do you mean it's like look i'm representing the earth right right like taking some policy of taking the moral high ground wow it's transparent for what it is. Hey, hey, I was thinking yesterday. Um, so these people who own these uh, these CrossFit gyms, these affiliates, yeah, they're the owners, right? 
And so when you owned CrossFit, they had something deeply in common with you, deeply in common with you, because you were the you were the you were an owner too, right? And now, I'm wondering how that affects. They they don't have something deeply in common with their new owner, with their with their with their new leader. Their new leader doesn't. You had skin in the game. You had you had money, ego, and responsibility, right? You, you can, I, I knew there was there was one thing I could offer, and it came down to four four varieties, and that was leadership. And that was through the education, validation, uh, defending against legislation, and uh, offensive litigation. That those are those things that that demonstrated leadership, and there were things of value to the affiliate for that she could not do for herself. And I used myself as the example because I I had an affiliate. I mean, I was the first CrossFit gym. And I had to offer and do everything that from that position, the only one on earth, all by myself, would I have participated? Would I participate in the affiliation program as constructed? Yes. I'd have, flied, I'd have flown the flag. You could have called it something else. Would I have paid for that seminar eagerly? And outside of that, it's all unrecognizable to me. It's like Kentucky Fried Fitness. You know, I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to be told what hat to wear. I want to experiment in my programming and in my approach to the movements. Oh. Did, l- I have let me... that's, not, that's the only way I'm going to keep learning. I'm not going to keep learning by trying to, trying to fuse my learning with someone else's corporate message. You know, I gave that theoretical template for programming and what I liked about it and the challenge at the time was I have used a mechanical instrument to program, try to find the three week period where that was done in the past two years, I think it was. See, if you can, I doubt you can, but I did. It was, it was machine generated. I even later gave the clue as to how it is you might find it. Never intending for someone to use it. Some of the things you encode, you expand your thinking about them. Say that last part again. You, you, the, 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 the ultimate value often for encoding something is not to that the algorithm works and now we got it and this is great, but it, it refines your thinking. It's kind of a, it's a good development tool for yourself. In fact, I think it was that parsing that, that creation of the theoretical template for programming that opened me up to the, uh, to the, uh, tweaking the definition of functional fitness away from universal motor recruitment patterns, away from uh, 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 that into this efficient, effective, eventually becomes power and eventually includes non-universal motor recruitment patterns. We talked about that last week, I think it was, about the role of rowing and and, uh, 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 
cycling. The, what they shared with squatting and throwing was not the universal motor recruitment pattern because they are unique to those movements. But what it does is they, they are consistent in their ability to express power. That was discovered through the brutality of the, of the feeling through, through the sensory system. This rowing is fucked up shit. You know, I got to get one of these things. Well, what, why does it feel fucked up? What is that mechanism? And it's, it's ability to express power. It also, I, I'm convinced relates to, a, uh, ability to, uh, bring down O2 set to unbearable levels. Remember we pushing for someone to test that? I just didn't yeah. have the time myself. It's like it, yeah. I shouldn't have to roll up my fucking sleeves and get the O2 sat meter and do this thing. Had guys like Hackleman, who is a surgical nurse. Not many people know that about him. That the probably the greatest American trainer of MMA talent, or one of the greatest, was also a surgical nurse. I think and he had to point out to me that that it's it's a hypercampia that drives you to unconsciousness and discomfort not lowered o2 in fact yeah whatever god what a badass hackleman is what a fucking legend 10th degree black belt then then invents his own martial art then beats up chuck liddell and chuck liddell comes and he makes a chuck a champion and then fucking 20 years fucking after that he has glover to share become the super heavyweight champion of the world or light heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion, it was super heavyweight. Either way, fucking nuts, absolutely nuts. Hey, Greg, I, I um, uh, I know we're running ninety-seven minutes. I want to ask you this question. Yes, sir. Dot com has a daily workout of the day. They now have something called guest programmers, where they program for two weeks. And then they switch programmers. And I believe, let's go under the assumption that they're not given any direction. They're just like, okay, can you do the programming for two weeks? My thought is that when you do this, because of the implications of changing the programmer every two weeks, that .com is no longer a program to follow, but rather a program just to see different kinds of programming. But I wouldn't, because two weeks isn't enough for a programmer to lay out a the ideal GPP plan. Am I off base? Do you agree? See, I'm, I'm, I'm following. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a, an argument against that. Okay. I would want more than two weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, there's assumption that it can be evaluated just by kind of staring at it. And I may have that ability. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how to speak against it. Right. You know, here's what here's what I'm left with. You show me two weeks, and I gotta assume that's all you got to show me. Yeah. That what I'd expect is the pattern has been set. Otherwise, you go, there's no way I can't do it in two weeks. I don't get to my mesocycle or whatever the fuck your thing is. <laughs> right. Uh, and any, God, uh, it's, it's it's nice to be out of that world. I gotta tell you. <laughs> hey, uh, what about um, uh, Tyson? Your thoughts? I know you know what I I'm 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 in a field where blogs from Iceland have no opinion. 
should have no opinion or have no opinion? They don't. They don't. They're, they're already, those people fell asleep. Oh, oh, in your field. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the broken science is kind of neat. It's all, only the grown-ups are left. Yeah. That's like when I take my kid to tennis tournaments. It's, it's, I'm in a field where there's only Asians. It's just Asians. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so uh, f- on a final note, um, uh, I know you're not a, 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 a like a football connoisseur, but you have become a fan of uh, Tyson Bajan as the rest of us, as our as our dear friend Travis's son makes it into the NFL. He he, we saw him play, and now they got Justin Fields back in. I don't know if you saw the game last week, but the Bears were winning, and with four minutes left, up by twelve, they lost. But Justin was the quarterback. A- any thoughts? Do you think that any like? Well, the defense collapsed, apparently, right? Yeah. You blame the quarterback for that. He's up by 12 with four minutes left. Or, or the coach. A lot of people, the pundits were blaming the coach and that they were calling the wrong plays. But do you think that there's any concern we should have for Tyson? Like, Or, or do you think, like, hey, this is good. He's going to make it through year one into year two. Just your, your gut feeling from what you, the little you know about football. I, I read a comment that said that he's clearly demonstrated his significant worth as a backup quarterback in the NFL. So it sounds like he's landed, which is yeah. great. I mean, God, there's step one, right? Year one, make that make that point. Mm-hmm. Tons of great didn't, didn't even play until year three. Like, I, I don't know much about football. But everyone tells me Brady didn't play till year three. What is he, 23 years old? Yeah, he's a kid. He's halfway through puberty. <laughs> yeah, right. And I would ask about that. Like, are you still going through puberty? Still growing? He's like, uh huh. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah, I would think that it, you would have to expect improved everything at twenty-seven. Everything. Big Thanksgiving party at your house tomorrow. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm pumped. All right, dude. Oh, uh, thanks We're for having coming. Grass fed turkey. Uh, <laughs> 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 turkey's even turkey's gonna eat grass. What are they? Bug fed turkey. turkey. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. All uh, right, guys. Caleb, I, I, Matt, it's good to have you both with us here. Am I gonna see yeah. you today? Yeah, come on over. Okay, cool. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Greg. All right, guys. Ciao, Bye, thank you. See you, Greg. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Greg Glass. I had to run to the bathroom. All right, go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. I have to pee so bad, too. We might not even be here when you get back. Uh, Zach Sullivan, as a lifelong as a lifelong Bears fan, and the reason I'm here, I'd love to see more from Tyson's determination and hard work should translate to more winning. Hope he gets more time. Yeah, I think he will do, too. Hey, um, I wanted to um, – oh, maybe I should wait till the CrossFit Games update show. God, did you see uh did you see coffee pods and wads? Most recent, review or whatever? most recent fake news. Jeez Louise, he is funny. Isn't he great? You have to watch it. I have so much trouble understanding him. I have to watch it like multiple times to understand what the fuck is going on. I watch it multiple times because I find it so funny. I just want to hear the jokes again. Yeah, here we you understand. Look at his shirt, Fikowski. Kind of want that shirt. That's a hilarious shirt. Have you seen this, Souza? This recent coffee pods and wads. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, play it. 
Look at his Pikeowski shirt. Here we go. Fake news with the Heat One app. Morning Chalk Up have been bought. And no, I'm not talking about the adverts that they run for manscaping products. Barbell. Okay, I finally got that joke. I didn't get that joke. They've been bought, meaning that you can run an ad and they'll do anything. Okay. First joke. Um, got it. Got it. Got it. And have purchased the ailing newsletter in a move that has sparked concern amongst many for Barben founder David Tao's proclivity for whiskey. But hey, now that the sale has been completed, maybe Chalk Up's former owner can finally return to the office. Stick- okay. So that's a joke because the Barben guy is a drunk and LaFranco, the rumor mill has it that got in trouble was being threatened to be sued by people including one person for sexual misconduct on the job <laughs> and he wasn't allowed back at the morning chalk up that's the rumor i heard and so now that it's been sold he's saying lafranco is allowed to come back to the office oh so that's hilarious deep inside humor there yeah wow King with media, Brian Friend suffered an identity crisis on air tonight. A concerned Clark watched on from Becky Harsh's recording studio as Brian repeatedly humbly reminded us of what he isn't. We are not the morning chocolate. They, they've just taken my old ideas and then when I have new ideas, we also are not the barbell spin. Barbell spin is where you can probably go to get the fastest information at a very surface level. We're not the... Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Thanks. I went back and watched this whole thing. I because of this piece, I went back and watched this whole fucking eight minute segment. Yeah. Yeah. They Patrick should have intervened at some point. It's like the two minute mark. Programming specific podcasts. We're not uh any of these other podcasts. We're not a huge company that has a variety of different writers and people working for them. And we're currently doing a study through our be friendly stats division. We are not <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> we're not a huge com- we're not a huge company but uh we have a stats division so yeah okay i it took me a few times to get that damn Uh, the Savan podcast. Not Savan, although he's okay, but doesn't have the historical backup that Brian does. So, <laughs> so the reason why he said that is Patrick Clark. Patrick Clark started saying something like just chill and benign, like, um, hey, Savan hasn't done the weekend review yet. And fucking Brian just cuts him off and goes, well, even if he did, it wouldn't have the historical and deep background. He kind Brian actually kind of went through and took a shot at every single person on our text thread. <laughs> he took a shot at Jason Bill. He took a shot at fucking Hiller. Fucking, he just fucking tried to put his fucking two inch dick in me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brian. My goodness. We already got one fucking victim mentality shirt for Craig Ritchie. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. The dude's on his way to a retirement home and car- The fuck is that? <laughs> I'm growing that thing back. <sighs> oh, my goodness. I don't remember the name of his last guest. In the end, Brian... Oh. <laughs> oh, God. My favorite thing is when Sevon says, yesterday, and it was like a month ago. <laughs> Pedro's getting good at the... Oh. I'll say to my wife the other day, she's like, that was before we had kids. I go, yeah, that's still accurate. The other day. The other day. (laughs) It was the other day. The other other day. (laughs) Yeah.
Yeah, that was that was a weird that was a weird segment from our homeboy. That was a trip. Regain composure and threw the collection basket out to fund his global travel and PC's Wi-Fi upgrade from dial-up to I don't know 3G maybe. If he's does, does Patrick have bad connection every time? Oh, <laughs> lucky. Meanwhile, Roman Krenikov tested his three rep max front squat and Andrew Hiller's patience. And Justin Medeiros decided he can no longer compete for the top spot and is instead planning on moving to the female division for 2024. If you want real news, you can go to the Heat One app where you'll find everything in one convenient pan. I agree. That is a cool shirt. The Kowski shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Always like your own comment. (laughs) God. Get that tip jar money going. I'm sorry, hey, Pedro looks better too. Does he have a, a like a skin smoothener filter? Or what the fuck's going on? No, he's got that meat and fruit diet. That's what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's been doing it for some time now. Damn. I mean, at least a month. I was with him, and he stuck to it strict at a uh, crash, the crash crucible. Fucking Pedro. Not me, as he made one of those about me putting fucking donuts and. Cake into my mouth. <laughs> Damn it, Pedro. All I heard was into my mouth. In my mouth. A uh, Mason Mitchell, Pedro got off the soda. Oh, God. <laughs> well, good. The show's over. All right. What is today? Is today Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. There we go. There's. Yeah, I, it was interesting. I brought up some when I brought up the f- first the topics today with Greg. It was it seemed like he was a bit pensive, right? A little, a little, just like thoughtful. And then once we got lighthearted, and then I tried to bring it back to like the male female thing again, and then he retracted again. Mm-hmm. Starting to understand uh, the flow of these things a little bit better. Uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Oh, no guest tomorrow. Live calling. Well, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, cool. Are you guys Indigenous around? People's Day. People's Day. Hey, um, are you are you guys? Will you guys be here tomorrow morning with me? Oh, I don't know. I'm. We have a workout in the park at eight a.m. Okay, let me know. Maybe okay. I'll bring in all bug Hunter McIntyre or something. Okay, I'm go, I'm getting on a flight tomorrow, so I won't. Okay, may, then maybe I'll grab Hiller and Hunter. I wonder what both of them are doing for Thanksgiving show, wild show, wild. All right. I'm actually really stoked. Greg's in town. He's in town for the next like six days. So his kids are here. So I'm pretty pumped. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. You going to go over there and hang out? Yeah, I'm going to go to skate park first, though. Um, After 15 years, Sevy is starting to understand Greg. All right. <clears throat> bye bye.